Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Have you ever had a thought in your head and you just felt the entire world needed an opportunity to hear your thoughts and all that kind of great stuff? Well, if so, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor Podcasting. It is the easiest platform I have found to make a podcast. They have editing tools, episode creation tools. There's even a green room function. Check it all out. On top of that, they even distribute the whole thing for you for free. The entire thing is free. You can get onto Apple Podcasts. You can get onto Spotify Podcasts, which are, you know, the two that I find get the most traction. Then you get Stitcher and all kinds of other stuff, Blackbox, Whatbox, and all the other boxes that I'm not familiar with. If you are interested in making your own podcast right now, download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, OJ. In this episode, Keithy chats with the co-founder of the Damnation Festival, Gavin McAnally. Ghost Cult Magazine welcomes in Gavin McAnally of Damnation Fest and I'm sure a bunch of other things. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. A couple of days out from the, the big day. I'm due to head down to Manchester tomorrow for the sort of start of the site build. So I'm excited, busy, but hey, happy to be here. Nice. And this is the first ever Damnation in Manchester. And uh, rather than belabor the talk about the move, let's talk about what you've been pleasantly surprised with or happy about with the move. Yeah, I mean, well, first off, just to pick you up that and we, the first two ever damnations were in Manchester so we started in Manchester in 2005 and 2006 and then moved to 2000 moved to Leeds in 2007 so we are we're returning I wouldn't call it home because because Leeds became our home and has been I wouldn't want to disrespect that city however it is a, we are returning to where the, the festival started and was your question what surprised me about it? Yes you know, BEC Arena and just the city and anything that's helped put, you know, make the festival continue to happen by moving it. Well, it's not It's not even so much about keeping it happening. It would have happened. I mean, it would have happened. I'm sure I would have sold it again in Leeds University Union, as we have done for the last four or five years. The issue was getting it, the, um, the festival had clearly outgrown that venue. And especially in the format that we do it across four stages, or did do it anyway in Leeds, uh, and our four stage being pretty popular as well. So we would get our, like, our fourth stage and our third stage would be rammed for um, most of the day. And a lot of fans get locked out of venues and not being able to see bands they wanted to see. And that really left a sour taste, even in the most successful damnations. It left a real sour taste. That there was just something that wasn't right about it. So we'll try to correct that. We're an arena. It's up to six thousand capacity now. So it's um, it's a big jump. And the surprise of that is just no. I mean, I don't even know if I caught a surprise. I think we went in their eyes open. How difficult um, and how much a step up it would be moving into arena production, and that has proved to be true. But well, so far I feel quietly confident as I sit here and talk to you a couple of days out, but. Who knows? Uh, we can see we can see how much I'm not ready for this jump on Saturday. It can fall. The wheels can always fall off, and that's with anything with a small business. And let's face it, this is a small. You know, this is your life, and this is a small business or part of your life. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to cover a bunch of these. I think my knowledge of the fest is I have like a black hole in my memory from anything past 10 years because yeah. Ghost Cult is 10 years. And we we were founded to cover festivals like Damnation. That's how Ghost Cult got its start as a small digital entity to cover the scene. Desert Fest, Damnation, 
you know, some are gone, like Incubate and other, you know, all tomorrow's parties are gone, but you are still here, uh, which is a testament to you and just how your team has put this together. Just, just for the fans who don't know, like, I imagine this is a multiple years in the making thing. Obviously, you'll throw out the last couple of years that have been a disaster for the whole world. But I imagine you're already, you know, like you would have to already be thinking about the next one now to be able to pull it off in time. Yeah, I mean, yes, because as when you say team, there's myself and uh, I've got a, a guy organized with Paul. Uh, I mean, we've got a graphic designer. That that is the team. That's I am the one employee of damnation, uh, and then the other two can help me out. So, aye, it's a it's it's a lot because of just how much. I mean, if you had a PR department and you had a a, a film graphics department and someone doing all your socials, then perhaps you might not need quite as long uh, a lead time into it. That, that said, the move to the move to an arena had just happened when the pandemic inspired that by me getting off the hamster wheel a bit in terms of damnation to damnation to damnation and not really giving the festival or its appeal, its wider appeal to fans any great deal of thought other than let's just make the next one happen and make it successful. So when I was dragged off that hamster wheel for a couple of years during the pandemic, I did get a chance to spoke to a lot of people, much like yourself, that invested in the scene and we all had time to do podcasts and interviews. And I, I got a better feel of just how important Damnation became in the UK scene and also the wider European scene. I mean, then nothing says that more than the lineup I've got this year and the fact that these exclusive sets for American bands flying in and doing this and sort of European exclusives or world exclusives. So um, that's... When I started to get my head around to just what damnation had become, I was like, right, okay, we've sold it all these years. Maybe there is a bigger step for us. And the idea of Beccarina came, I mean, maybe 18 months ago. So maybe slightly longer, but not that, not that much uh, far in advance of the, the damnation that did ultimately happen last year. So it wasn't as if I was sitting here three, four years ago thinking, oh, it'd be great to get uh, this next step into an arena and it's not like I'm sitting here now saying it'd be great to get this next step into some outdoor event because there is a ceiling to what damnation can be if you want it to be damnation and not bloodstock so aye it's a it, it does take but I, I, you're right to say that yes we are looking at 2023 we're in conversations with bands for 2023 we've got a date booked to venue being Beck Arena again for 2023 so uh, yeah it's not something that you just throw together in six months time that's for sure Indeed, it would be it'd be difficult at any rate. And uh, as stoked as we are to talk about these amazing headline sets, I'm really I'm really interested to talk about some of the bands lower down on the bill. And we can talk about the, the Night of Salvation, too. But I recently interviewed Frail and they were ecstatic to be a part of this. It was like right before the announcement came. But they like, you know, they were able to share with me privately. We didn't leak it. But like they were just like so stoked to come over they haven't toured europe yet this is their in the midst of their first european tour right this week and they, yes. and, they, and they were part of damnation they're such a great band their new record is so amazing and this is so big for them and they're very humbled by the opportunity yeah i mean it's it's difficult because you sometimes you see i mean we've got a, a list as long as your armor uk bands that have been trying to go into Damnation for, for 10 years uh, and been unable to do it and then you get a band like Frail that have come across and they just sometimes you, you just land in that perfect that perfect storm of one being good or excellent is the first criteria you need to meet 
after that, it's like the excitement of does it offer something a bit different? Now, like a, a UK debut show, those don't come by very often, albeit I've got three for this year, but they don't come by that often. So there's always something a wee bit special about being able to introduce a band to a whole new audience from a country they've never played before. And we've got a good relationship with their agent, Tyler um, Hodge, who is also got Green Long in the build. And he's a guy who's got his finger on the pulse for a lot of good upcoming bands. So when you've got a relationship with an agent like that, who's got the likes of Mountain Caller and June and, um, as I say, Greenlong on, on his roster, that gets its own level of attention. And I, it was, we were kind of looking for something. We, we'd had the big sets at the time. Ministry were still playing. We had, we had the big sets, we had the sales. So it was a case of, what do we do to make this different from your another festival you might uh, come across in the UK? So the likes of Frail, So Hideous and We Lost the Sea were three bookings where, I mean, no disrespect to those bands, but you're not going out to book them to go and sell an extra thousand tickets. You're going out to book them to put the, the fairy dust on top of the cake, you know? Nicely said. And I also will say, like, I don't. I hope the fans appreciate, like, Bear, Bell Witch and Arian, Ariel Ruin have, like, a release together. They've only played, like, eight shows together, ever. Like, they've only performed live as a group. I think Roadburn and a short West Coast tour. Uh, and uh, so it's very special. You know, Elder has a new record about to come out, Full of Hell, just surprise dropped an EP. Incantation is kind of on, you know, a legacy, incredible band. Oceano is back from a break. Despised Icon is back from a break. You know, so uh, My Dying Bride is back, which, you know, these are humongous. Like, you would, people would pay to go see these bands on their own. I would. I have. So I know. And uh, and these are great bands. I mean, this is such a strong bill. I know the ministry thing was a big disappointment to everybody, but you rebounded incredibly well, I have to say. Well, thank you. And, and I agree. When you're, you're reading those band names, I'm getting quite excited about that myself. I mean, that's, that, that's the point. Sometimes you can get lost in your own bill, you know what I mean? You deal with these bands and the agents, the managers and the, the process of the business are booking it and sometimes you're, you get too close to it and you forget the excitement of, oh, to actually have Incantation or My Dying Bride come back. I mean, when was the last time My Dying Bride played a show? It was ages ago. Um, and then when you get a chance to step back as a fan again, which is what we are, first and foremost, and you go, fuck, at My Dying Bride on Saturday, that's going to be incredible, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a... Uh, as I mean, I'm, I feel, I mean, I feel the, the bill. I mean, I would crawl through glass to go to this festival as a fan. You know, it's it's it has, it has a lot, ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of different fans, and it's a great thing to see. I mean, I think there is a real appreciation for. I think that nation has built that reputation. Of, you didn't have to be a frail or a wee lost to see us so hideous coming for your first UK show, but it, you could be an abduction or a June or Boss Kelloid or Party Cannon, Man Must Die. These amazing bands that are the people show up early at Damnation to see anyway. And I think a combination of both, a crowd that's interested in their metal and doesn't go to Damnation just for the headliners, and then having cracking bands that are opening bills like Frail and Brew and um, who's another that will get distant on the, the extreme stage. I, I think the rooms will be packed for them. And then there, there you go. You, you're going to read, I guarantee you're going to read the same comment you always read after Damnation. My new favourite band was Band X, and it'll be someone who they never heard of before they went to Damnation, which is which is a compliment to us. It's a compliment to fans for having that interest. It's a compliment to the bands for being that good. 
I think that's what happened with us too with Boss Keloid, huge fans here. We've been supported their whole career, but I think we they connect they clicked here when we covered them at Damnation. Uh, as for the Night of Salvation, uh, is that also are you already thinking about that when you book the major bill? Since we have we lost the sea on there, or is that a whole separate after we've got the main bill taken care of? Let's get this opening night together. Yeah, I mean, it's slightly different. There's a wee bit of history because I think this is like a 10th or 11th night of Salvation we've done, but the history behind it is I was always so focused on the Saturday that Paul, the, the guy that organised with it, kind of put the Night of Salvation bill together. And it was, I mean, it was a very low budget pub in Leeds, five or six decent local bands, um, basically to give the fans who were travelling from out with Leeds, especially the fans who were travelling other countries something to do on the Friday night and then again probably pan- pandemic uh, inspired I felt like right, let's take it properly under the wing of the festival and do it in the festival's venue and really pump some money into it and that was the first one we done last year with the four sets with Akercox, Carl Barbage and Speed Hall and Orange Goblin and that, that was a big success and then this year um, it would have been we would have put more into it probably would have been two stages and the bands might have been I mean the bill's absolutely incredible but there might have been a, a, a genuine headliner like a like kind of a, like an Athrak or Election Wizard or something like that might have been if it wasn't for the fact we were again so focused on the Saturday and I was adamant that I wasn't going to turn my attention to Friday night or the night of Salvation event until I knew that the, the arena costs and the band costs had, had been covered and it was safe to even look I mean it's just it's the easiest thing in the world to sit here a year out and go, oh, next year I'm going to do a three-stage Friday event and fuck it, we'll throw in a Sunday event as well and the bill will be 350 grand, 400 grand. And you're like, okay, but what if sales aren't great? Then what? And you're still at a 150 grand loss because you're just you're just overshot and it, it didn't work. You know what I mean? And we see too much of that these days with promoters. So it was... It was where it was. The Saturday was successful. It got to where it needed to be. But at that point, it was a bit late in the game to try and get your real big hitters in. But I was really chuffed. I mean, the three opening bands, Mastiff, Kubo Slicer and Ithaca, I think three of the best um, live bands in the UK at the moment, three of the most exciting. And then we lost the sea doing departure songs as my most anticipated set of the weekend. And then Celeste doing Assassins, again, an absolute corker for fans that are into the sort of sludgy black metal. Well done. Uh, helping me with my segues. Uh, we talk a lot of t- a lot here around the virtual HQ uh, across the world and myself and the staff about like this year, this banger year the UK bands are having. Ithaca and Mastiff, clearly two of the best, but it's it's a it's a dozen bands easily. I don't know what's in the water there or maybe it's something going on else. Some other issue, but uh, just every release, all these up and coming rising bands, or these bands really coming into their own, and, and Ithaca and Mastiff, we've covered them from the get, from the jump, and they've been just stellar the whole way. Do you think there was uh, there was something in that pandemic when all the UK promoters were forced to look inward? You know, there was I mean, every bill that happened it was all UK focused. Your downloads, your bloodstock, damnation, everyone came out using the same bands that were available to them, which was only really UK. You think that played a part in just how that microscope sort of get turned back in the UK and then all these other great bands get unearthed? Perhaps, and I think also uh, maybe, you know, about, let's say, bands not on the bill this year who might show up in the future, just the timing of the of everything. They were already planning an album, Rolo Tomasi, 
and, you know, Venom Prison and, you know, Conjurer, who have been working steadily for years, release, 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 EP, tour, EP, tour, and now the full, uh, you know, this grand full length that they put out. So, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no shortage of great local talent, but, you know, again, um, you know, and then, of course, we have to talk about, you know, these headline sets and some of them have been done uh, again. I think I feel like I've seen Godflesh more than most people in the States uh, used to religiously follow them around. But, um, yeah, to get Street Cleaner in a whole performance in 2022 is insane to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's because my understanding of it is Street Cleaner's never been performed in the UK in full. That's my mm. understanding from their agent and the band themselves. Apparently, they might have played most of it years back in a London show supporting the band. The, so as far as I'm concerned, Street Cleaner's never been performed in full in the, in the UK. Crown on the Yards has never been performed in full in the UK. Jane Doe's certainly never been performed in full in the UK, although a lot of people who've seen Converge play after the release chain, though, would have heard a good 80% of it. So, again, you could probably claim, but it's still never been done in full in the UK. And to move to the fourth set, we've got the At The Gates, Slot of the Soul, has never been performed in full in the UK. So it's one of those ones where, aye, I mean, it's, it'll never be done again. It, it, it was a... Uh, Damnation's no set up to be a, a nostalgia festival. It's no set up to be a, an album sex event. Uh, I, I look back when I, when I when we book these bands, we we view these bands that they're, they're as good as they've ever been, and their next record might be their best. So we don't actively promote sets like that. That's maybe something we maybe focus a bit more on for Night of Salvation. However, when you lose your headliner eight weeks out and you're scrambling for something to keep your build together and they get that extra wee bit of support, then that's a uh, we, we just we pulled out the <laughs> we pulled out the <laughs> the bank <laughs> the, the, what do you call it the check and uh, and uh, started paying the big bucks so it's I think for a one off for these four sets at the top of the bill I think it's a uh, it's quite extraordinary and it, 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 there's a lot of fans that are maybe maybe they're a Godflesh fan and that's a, the, the, as you say there are some bands that people would come and pay for just to see that one band and that all four of those bands tick that box and then something you get Damnation fans that aren't even bored by any of the four but they really want to see we lost to see Brute or a My Dying Bright My Dying Bright fan who's coming in to see those guys in Greenlong and then he's going to be head home early it's, I, I, I love that about Damnation I love that whole uh, pick your top five sets and and you can, you're looking through it and there's, there's almost none of them are the same Nice. In addition to We Lost the Sea, who else are you super stoked to see? I'm sure everybody, but is there is there a particular favorite of yours that's playing this year? Yeah, I mean, there, there is. There's so, I mean, Converge and Jane Doe's pretty special. Pig Destroyer, I mean, we've, we've had that booking on the books for is it three years, three and a half, I mean, three and a half years. So that to finally happen again is, is going to be pretty special. I mean, bands that I would listen to on repeat, I mean, We Lost the Sea is a big one for me. I really, been really enjoying Full of Hell lately. At the gates, doing Slot of Souls, not an album I, I go back to time and time again. But it's like one of those ones watching live. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. So, yes, I mean, there's there's plenty, absolutely plenty across the bill. For for me, the focus, I mean, the absolute right, even beyond departure songs, we'll see is, is just making sure that that venue looks, feels, sounds like Damnation. They have that we're moving to the arena, but we keep everything that we had that made it great at Leeds. That's more important than any band set or how any band sound, because if it doesn't, 
that'll be that'll be devastating because it's where do you go for there? I mean, and we're, we're throwing the kitchen sink in it. We're doing everything we can to make this venue feel special, make it feel like Damnation's home, which is something that I don't feel we ever really achieved in Leeds because the circumstances wouldn't allow it. Understood. It's it's a difficult thing to pull off. Just as we wind this down, I want to give you back your very busy day, a few days out from the festival. What what advice can you give to the concert goer listening to this pod? Like, what ensures a great experience at Damnation this weekend? Well, first off, Damnation fans will ensure it's a great experience by being Damnation fans. I mean, by being the genuinely decent folk that they are. I mean, it's it's great to have conversations with the security that leads afterwards. Like, there's not a single instant of note, really. I mean, you're always going to get somebody that trips up the stairs. You're always going to get somebody that's that's um, complaining that the, the toilets are manky, but the, ultimately, well, it's not a violent crowd, even in the mosh pit. It's a, it's a great crowd, and, and that, that when you go to a festival, can make or break it. You go somewhere and you don't feel safe, or you feel something's going to kick off, um, it's, it can be really off-put, no matter how good the band's on stage. That's the first thing. In terms of how it helps, how helping an event like Damnation continue to grow the way we've been growing. Support us. I mean, like, put your trust in us from the start. I mean, uh, there's no way, if you put, see your Hellfest, right? Hellfest is the prime example of this. If, they, if you sell out a day, I promise you, even if we sell a, a shit ton of our tickets in the first day, first week, first month, that bill you're going to get at the end of it is going to be so much stronger than the bill you're going to get if we sell out three weeks beforehand. Because, it's like anything, until you've got the ticket sales, everything's a gamble and everything's a risk. So you feel like, will we go with that extra five grand flat band? Should we fly that band in? That's going to be quite costly. Should we go with a safer option, just make sure we cover our bases? Once you've got the support, and I feel like we did get that this year, we sold a thousand tickets the first 12 hours, and that gave us a real solid ground in it to say, right, okay, don't be terrified about the production costs, don't be terrified about the costs of moving into arena. A thousand fans are already booked up and ready to go, so let's just that support's there, let's go for it. And if that continues, my fear is the cost of increases get worse, the um, people are skin, and a lot of events have cla- collapsed around about the world, especially the UK, and people are a bit like, oh, well, we'll just hang off a bit, hang off a bit. That's just, that's a recipe for disaster for any event, any event, right up to Glastonbury. I mean, if it, if you're sitting and you're, you're worrying about your budget the whole year, you've not got time and headspace to be worrying about how you can get a special prowl on the yard set or how you can make sure that the, the arena or the site or the food vendors are going to be better for fans. So, yeah, I mean, if you can afford it, and I know everyone can, I'm not sitting here telling people to spend money they don't have, but if you can afford it, events like Damnation really benefit from your support early on. Nice. And no karate in the pit, kids. None. None at this festival, please. And look at that. Well, we've never seen, like, Damnation is not a karate festival kind of pit. No. However, however, they do have some, uh, is it Defco that does that? Who does the karate? Yeah, Oceano pit? will probably be the hardest. If you're if you're fearfully getting punched the fuck out, Damnation <laughs> will be the hard. Uh, Oceano will be the hardest band at Damnation in terms of just the brutal riffs in the pit and stuff like that. But uh, uh, even then, between them, Full of Hell, Converge, I always feel I, like Converge is an experience. When I was younger, I wanted to run around and swing arms during Converge, and now I just want to kind of stand. I'm getting old. I want to stand in the back and just soak it, especially I, Jane Doe is so sick. I just want to feel it, you know? Converge is one of those ones. Cause I, I feel like I've been in a lot of Converge pits, and I don't really remember much hardcore dancing in any of them, uh, but 
I feel with Jane Doe and everyone having a few drinks from that point, I think there's going to be some excitement for a bit of crack to kick the nil Jane Doe pit. And if it kicks off, listen, that's where that that's where that scene is emerged for. So listen, if you've got nil, just just take care of yourselves, guys. And some as always, somebody goes down, pick them up. Have some awareness. Kicks off, no pun intended. Gav, you are a treasure. Thank you for putting this festival on for so many years. We are honored to be covering it once again. I know I speak for my team of Rich and Duncan, how excited they are. Thank you for doing this, not only doing this for the fans and, you're, you know, obviously selfishly for yourself, but the bands also. This creates amazing opportunities for so many bands. Thank you for everything. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys, for the for the support. It's um, uh, if you can't get the message that out to people, it's a big struggle. So I appreciate you taking the time to have a chat. Uh, of course, naturally, again, once again, it's just been a pleasure. And uh, hopefully in the future, we'll get together in person and I'll see you. We'll raise a glass, maybe. Until then. This has been another episode of the Ghost Hope Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghosthopemag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Hope Mag. Until the next time, peace. <laughs>